It's a tell-tell Valentine, Eddie Poe, is sponsored by the Revival League, bringing old-time radio back to life, and the Dino Hotel, the pride of Lakewood, Colorado. This play is rated NSFW, not safe for work, at least not without earbuds. It contains violence, grown-up language, and situations, and may not be suitable for small children. You are listening to a holiday special presentation from the Independence Broadcasting System. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us at IBS. Good gravy. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 1973. IBS proudly presents our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe, with special behind-the-scenes commentary by none other than Eddie Poe creator and gothic horror cartoonist Edgar Allan Poe. It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. Brought to you by the Committee to Re-Elect the President, or Creep. Creep. This whole Watergate thing will most likely blow over. And now, on with the show. We open with Eddie Poe and his buddy Lionel, leaning against a stone wall one wintry February afternoon. I think there must be something wrong with me, Lionel. Valentine's Day is coming, but I'm not happy. True, nervous, very, very dreadfully nervous I have been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? I feel this sick sensation. It slithers in my gut like maggots. Eddie Poe, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Valentine's and turn it into a problem. Good gravy. This disease has sharpened my senses. Not destroyed, not dulled them. What disease, Eddie Poe? You're just down in the dumps is all. I suffer from acute melancholia and a nervous disposition that can only be calmed by a tincture of laudanum. Maybe you should see Annabelle Lucy at her psychologist's stand. You're one to talk as you sit there with a pacifier in your mouth, clutching at a moth-eaten silken cape. Why do you do that? I like to crash raves and trance out on Molly and EDM. Hark, do you hear that? Snooby the anthropomorphic Bassetown and Woodraven the Woodraven are approaching. I hear nothing. How can you possibly know that? Above all is my sense of hearing acute. I hear all things in the heaven and in the earth. How can you hear anything over this omnipresent chipper bossa nova jazz trio? I hear many things in hell. I mean, the music doesn't seem to match the emotional tone or mood of anything we say. Isn't that weird? Do you think me mad, Lionel? Don't make me answer that, Eddie Poe. <laughs> Here comes Snooby the anthropomorphic basset hound, bearing Woodraven the Woodraven upon his back. Hear that tintinabulation? Someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Um, we're leaning against a stone wall, outside. Yes, tis some visitor tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Are you off your Seroquel again? Annabelle Lucy said you were to keep taking your antipsychotic meds at all costs and- Lo, what does Woodraven have in his beak? What carries this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt and ominous bird of yore? He rests so slightly, yet ever so very blightly, upon the pallid back of Snooby, my hound on the fore. And I'm the one on the molly. I detect a pattern, a most ominous pattern from beyond the shadows of Saturn, a heart-like slice of construction paper, a most unwelcome red wafer, 
covered in glitter, not gore. What say you, Lionel, of this lace-lined, paste-covered missive of romantic lore? As sure as you wear that creepy black frock coat and white shirt and a velvet cravat, Eddie Poe, it's a valentine. Here, Woodraven, hand it over. I've never gotten a valentine before. Who is it from? What does it say? Rats. Rats? Yes, there are rats scurrying around the cask of Amontillado and the soon-to-be tomb of Fortunato. Wow, you really do have good hearing. E gads, this is not just any valentine, but one from the strawberry-haired girl, Lenore. I didn't even know you two were talking. We've never even been walking. I find her attentions most shocking. I never knew she noticed me before. Why would she? I'm your best friend, but you're kind of a wormy little drip. <laughs> Thank you, Lionel. I mean, you've got that greasy hair and creepy mustache and thousand-yard stare, and you're only ten for Christ's sake. Uh, no need to go any further. You're the least popular kid at our school, even less well-liked than Schrodinger, the piano geek, or Slavo, who never bathes, and he reeks. I get the picture. Like a little cloud of stank follows him around, you can actually visibly see his fumes, and that guy is more popular than you. Okay, I hear you loud and clear. Maybe Annabelle Lucy's right. Of all the Eddie Poes in the world, you're the Eddie Poeiest. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to have a holiday to emphasize it? Because the greeting card, jewelry, floral, and chocolate industries all needed some bogus occasion to move some merch. It displays the rod of the capitalistic system. Stick it to the man. You're wise beyond your years, buddy. Hey, I'm only repeating what I hear at my weather underground meetings. I'm a militant, radical, left-wing, anarcho-syndicalist. So what does the Valentine say? With her sweet, tiny hands and butcher's blade, the little strawberry-haired girl carved the beating heart out of the great spaghetti squash's chest and gave it to me. The what now? The great spaghetti squash. We built an entire Halloween episode around him. Sorry, doesn't ring a bell. Did you say bells? The bells, how it tells of the rapture that impels to the swinging and the ringing. Christ, here we go again. Of the bells, bells, bells. Please stop. Of the bells, 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 bells. For the love of God, I'm going to slap you. Bells, bells, bells. Are we done? To the rhyming and the chiming of the bells. What, what happened? Where am I? You had another one of your episodes. I accidentally said, um, ringy thingies. I apologize. You really are a hot mess, Eddie Poe, minus the hotness. So what are you gonna do about the Valentine? Alas, already it torments me so. I cannot. I cannot let the world know my secret. I'm stuffing this rotting paper heart in my football. That sacred football that constantly eludes me. Yeah, that's not over the top. Shh, shh, shh. Tell no one, Lionel. It's our little secret. No one must ever know. Take the sacred oath and pinky swear on it. Fine, pinky swear. Now this is the point. You fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing. But I will never be kinder to you than during the whole week before I kill you. Wait, what? Nothing. Oh, look. Here comes Spearmint Sally in her Birkenstocks, with her vaguely Asian life partner Darlene at her side. Geez, Ed, you're paler than usual. What you holding there? Just a football. A silly football. And look at your little pal. You think you're so smart with that silk cape and pacifier. Indeed, sir. What are you going to do with them when you grow up? Maybe I'll make it into a sport coat. A sport coat that you'll wear in your grave. <laughs> yeah, sure thing, buddy. Why don't you talk to these two for a while while I get the hell away from you and take a break? Not sure I can take much more of this freak. Hey, Ed. Why are you standing around here stroking that football? Shouldn't you be busy? It's your turn to get the Tree of Lost Singles for the Valentine's Day pageant. Good gravy! What are you even talking about? Don't you remember? You're the director of the new Valentine's Day pageant! You wrote the thing! I thought you'd remember! 
great darkness. How could I forget Singles Shaming Day? Don't worry, Ed. They're selling single shaming trees a block from here. What of the ornaments? I have plenty of those. Me and Darlene have been making them all week long at our apartment because we're- Roommates. Yes, everybody knows that. Um, sure. Let's go with that. They're beautiful single shaming day ornaments, sir. We made the traditional hangman's nooses out of string, and a whole chocolate cake, and a giant bottle of Xanax for the tree topper. Darling, I mean Darlene, you think of everything. Not everything, sir. Eddie Poe still needs to come up with a Valentine's Day pageant that truly shames the lonely souls. Yes, shames. What's that noise? There's always Bossa Nova playing in the background in our world. No, not that. Be still, beating heart. You'll make yourself known to them. They can't have you. Only I. And now he's stroking the football in a really skeevy way. Must be a boy thing. I wouldn't know, sir. They hear it. Say, hey Ed, why does it smell like spaghetti squash around here? It's me. I was eating a Dolly Madison snack cake. Squash flavored. I'm not sure those have been invented yet. They haven't, sir. Yum. So you got any we could try? I... I fed the rest to Woodraven. You have an actual raven. I mean, Darlene and me read your poem in class, but... Really? I didn't think anybody did. What do you think it meant? I don't know, Edgar. We figured it was your inner battle with memory and grief and the need to forget to keep from being swallowed up with despair of a lost love. You certainly are a strange couple. What do you mean by mental illness? What exactly are you trying to suggest? That I'm some tormented poet, doomed to live out his days in the tortured silence of my drug-addled grief, even though it contributes to the unique gothic style and macabre nature of my writing? I'm not saying that at all. Jeez, you're dramatic, Ed. Anyway, let's get out of here, Darlene. We've got a lot to do. I like tying suicide devices to single shaming trees and sending Valentine's cards and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. At least, I have my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. And now, here's a word from Eddie Poe creator Edgar Allan Poe. I first hit upon the notion of a story about a sad little boy lost in a nightmare world of insanity. Back in 1845, I was awakening from a nepenthe forgetfulness of a laudanum stupor in a filthy back alley of Hawes Row in Fells Point, that's the Tenderloin district in Baltimore, you see, when my overwrought brain pictured a child's version of myself, but in the milieu of a syndicated newspaper cartoon. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. So I retired to my chamber and started scribbling. And the rest is history. Hello, gentle listener. It's Baxter Butterworth III, here on behalf of new Polly Matheson Snack Treats. That's right, the only line of snack treats officially endorsed by Eddie Poe, Spearmint Sally, and that young bloke who carries around a security blanket everywhere. Looking for a delicious treat of sponge cake and random chemicals? Then try new zangers. Getting back to nature, are you? Then try our new fruit pies with such flavors as tomato and persimmon. Or maybe try one of our new cupcake flavors, Razzies, Cuckoos, or Googles. Whatever your taste, Paulie Matheson has the taste for you. You know a telltale sign of a successful business is being able to change with the times, and Snoobies is no exception. The next time you polish off your finest set of dentures and shuffle into Snoobies, you will find a new place to call home. A new non-smoking section for four will be perfect the next time you wheel in that iron lung containing your cousin when he visits for that long weekend. 
it's conveniently located right next to our smoking and ultra smoking sections. All of the booths have been reupholstered with authentic pleather for that grabbier skin comfort. Starting this Friday is a senior early bird special, tuna casserole, vegetable of the day, and a tapioca salad for dessert. All available from the convenient hours of 3pm to 4.45pm. That's after your nap and before the 5 o'clock news. Also available is an egg platter with the bacon sideburns. You know, for the kids. So what are you waiting for? Grab your walker, call the bridge club, and enter a world of comfort and a low haze of nicotine goodness. I am Snoopy's president Richard Usher, and we'll keep the coffee lukewarm for ya. Hippies are dirty Hubert Humphrey supporters, and we hate them with all our guts. But at the Lawndale Montessori School for Socially Acceptable Hippies, you'll actually let these long-haired freaks teach your children. We have crafts, lots of crafts, lovingly created by actual hippies, <laughs> like a lot of crafts, macrame and beads and pom-pom animals and rickrack. Everything your little darling will make has eight yards of rickrack on it. Why, it's a downright pleasure to take Timmy and Sally to dreamy Mr. Brown's class. What with the tight bell-bottom jeans, the rough beard and lumberjack Jesus hair. He's like nothing you've got at home. He'll kneel on the ground with your kids and observe ants for hours and take notes. He keeps saying, Aren't they beautiful? Yes, you are, Mr. Brown. Yes, you are. And Sally Wintersong wears no bra and will make you feel things you've never felt before inside your polyester-clad Stepford heart. Sally loves getting on the floor and playing with the little people and she has this breathy way of talking that you're pretty sure is a marijuana accent but man that dazzling hippie smile and you wouldn't mind getting on the floor with Sally and slipping one arm around her serape so don't buckle your kids and drive your station wagon on down to Lawndale Montessori School for socially acceptable hippies. Expand your children's minds while you mingle and maybe feel a little tingle around actual non-threatening hippies. America's the land of the hard-working man. The man who works hard with his hands. When that man needs a brand of toothpaste in a can, Dr. Tomahawk Dental Chews the brand. Real men work real hard who have time for oral hygiene. While lazy squaw brush teeth, real men start each day off the manly way with Dr. Tomahawk's Dental Chew. Is it toothpaste or is it chewing tobacco? Ho 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 ho! I'll never tell. The only smokeless tobacco product on the market that leaves your breath fresh like running river and your smile radiant like shining sun. Not since this beautiful land was generously and legally donated to your people by my people. Many moon ago has there been a product better suited to the needs of the American working man. Now comes in three yummy flavors. Cinnamon, Spearmint, and Brown. When that man needs a brand of toothpaste in a can, Dr. Tomahawk Dental Chew's the brand. That's Dr. Tomahawk's Dental Chew. Look for it wherever tobacco or toothpaste is sold. You're listening to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. Happy Valentine's from all of us at IBS. Psychological help! Five cents! Just five cents! The therapist is in! It's Annabelle Lucy. Maybe talking to a psychologist is what I need to shake off these worries. Five cents, please. 
my, the prices have gone up. It was a penny last week. This is highway robbery. Shut up and give me a nickel. <coughs> Five whole cents. It feels good to have revenue coming in again. <coughs> you really should see a doctor about that. I'm fine. I don't think you're supposed to cough up blood and tissue like that. Never mind that. You're paying me by the hour. Now get on with it. What's your problem, Eddie Poe? I don't know. I seem to have an enormous amount of existential ennui for a ten-year-old. Can you get a little more specific? Existential ennui describes our entire world. Except for the ubiquitous, cheerful, bossa nova jazz. Yeah, that is a bit of a jarring contrast, isn't it? But let's narrow it down, Eddie Poe. I've got a piano player to sexually harass at noon, and I don't want to be late. Well, I had this dream last night. Actually, it was a dream within a dream. Let's hear it. Maybe I can analyze it. I'm great at analyzing dreams, Eddie Poe. Well, I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore. And I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep while I weep, while I weep. Oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? What? You're the psychologist. You're supposed to tell me. <sighs> Fine. It sounds like you've got some security issues. You fear death or the end or whatever. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But you call yourself a doctor and charge money. This is supposed to be cute. Like other girls have lemonade stands and I have this psychomacology stand. I'm not really good with these things. It's something to pass the time. I'll more than likely end up being a lawyer or a politician or something loud. Maybe a monster truck announcer. But you could be doing serious psychological harm to people. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! I feel actively worse than when I first came here. Well, let this be a good lesson for you, Eddie Poe. Cabot diem. You know what that means? Let the patient beware. I don't think that's what that means at all. It's part of the hippotomic oath. All doctors know it. Actually, my trouble is Valentine's Day. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. Then what you need is more involvement to forget your ennui. You're directing the single shaming day pageant, right? Yes, but it brings me no joy. We've got musicians, animals, couples counselors, divorce lawyers, discreet hitmen, everything traditional you need for a failed Valentine's. We've even got a single shaming day pageant king and queen. They stand on totally different stages in embittered, isolated loneliness and never make eye contact. Why in the world do we need animals for a Valentine's play? You've obviously never shamed a single. You can't do it without the customary shaming badgers. Good gravy. Shaming badgers? Look, Eddie Poe, you wanted my advice. Just get involved and don't ask questions. I don't know anything about directing a play. Don't worry. I'll be there to help you. Just meet me at the auditorium. I can't stand it. I'm spilling the dark secrets of my soul and entrusting them to you. And you're talking about badgers and... Yeah, I can't wait to tell Petunia all about how fucked in the head you are. She's gonna laugh her ass off at you, Eddie Poe. At least I didn't tell you about the football and the secrets contained within. Wait, say that again. What football, Eddie Poe? <laughs> dear sweet Annabelle Lucy, you are a dear friend. No, I'm not. A kind friend. I hate that I have to flatter you now so that I can kill you in a fortnight, right after Lionel's disappearance is deemed an accident. You're such a weirdo. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. 
I'm fit as a fiddle. Doctor says I have combustion. Means I'm full of vroom, vroom, vroom. <coughs> it's consumption, not combustion. And please turn your head when you bleed out your nose and mouth. See you at the auditorium, Eddie Poe. But my hour isn't up. I want my nickel back. No refunds. The doctor is out. The doctor's a dreadful bitch. What's that? I said I have a dreadful itch. Well, I have to go home anyway and see how my little sister Sadie is doing. Sadie, I'm home. Oh, I've been looking for you, big brother. I need you to help me write a letter to Lionel. I really don't have much time. I've got to get down to the school auditorium to direct the single shaming pageant. It'll be easy. You write, and I'll tell you what to say. Okay. Shoot. Dear Lionel, how are you doing? Did you have a good holiday break? I can't wait to see what you're getting me for Valentine's Day, my sweet baby. Oh, brother. I'm sure it's wonderful and thoughtful and romantic. Not like last year when my Valentine's Day gift from you was a restraining order. Sadie. I'm sure that was just a misunderstanding. After all, as Shakespeare said, the course of true love is awfully bumpy. I don't think that's exactly what- So listen, you dumb son of a bitch. I will not be ignored. I'm through playing Miss Nice Girl. If you don't step up this year and give me the Valentine's Day I deserve, I will cut you. I swear to God, I will cut you. Oh, even my little sister. All I want is what's coming to me. All I want is my fair share. It's Valentine's Day, big brother. Your sweet baboo is supposed to get you chocolate and jewelry. But Lionel clearly isn't interested in you, Sadie. I want chocolate and jewelry. And if I have to cut a bitch to get it, well, them's the breaks. Sadie... Just write the fucking letter! Good gravy. You're listening to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. And now, here's a word from Eddie Poe creator Edgar Allan Poe. Where did Snooby the anthropomorphic basset hound come from? Well, as a child, my emotionally distant parents would take me to the southern-based dining establishment, Snooby's. It was all grease and good times there. I remember their children's menu placemats fondly. Draw the potato nose on the drunken Irishman. Connect the dots on the light bulb being screwed in by the idiot Polish. The word jumble. And find words like segregation. Jim Crow and Nathan Bedford Forrest. <laughs> now that I think about it, those word finds were mostly K's. Such happy, innocent times. Anyway, I named my beloved childhood dog Snooby, who died shortly thereafter of dog consumption. To fill the hole in my heart left by Snooby's tragic demise, I started drawing cartoon representations of his corpse, which I skinned and taxidermied myself, poorly. The ping-pong eyes weren't 100% believable. <laughs> and the stench, tallow-rending, had nothing on the smell emanating from dead old Snooby's fur. So imagine my surprise when the Snooby's chain adopted my cartoon Snoobies as their official mascot. The original Snooby's slightly maggot-riddled carcass is now on display at Snooby's headquarters in Birmingham, Alabama. I like to think that things have come full circle. Folks... Are you looking for a new car? Does your current one not have enough horsepower? Do you need room to stretch out with your sweetheart? Come on down to McGillicuddy's Muscle Cars, where we only sell the finest automobiles. That's right, the ones only made in America. With the engines in these magnificent machines, you'll never have to worry about getting stuck in the slow lane again. All of our cars have at least V6 engines, and they only get bigger and meaner from there. With gas prices still under 40 cents a gallon, how can you not go bigger than those wimpy Japanese economy cars that fall apart at the drop of a hat? Worried about safety and maintenance? No problem. High-strength Detroit steel provides enough protection so you don't need to worry about seat belts. And the lead-based paint we use is 10 times more scratch-resistant, perfect for mowing down a wall of hippie protesters without having to worry. We'll even install a wheel spinner so you can have a free hand for your beer. So come on down to McGillicuddy's Muscle Cars, and if you hurry now, we won't even bother you about the undercoating. That's McGillicuddy's Muscle Cars reminding you it's not about where you're going, but how quickly you get there.
may have been founded in 1922, but Snoopy's Family Restaurants are just as relevant as ever. Our 31 flavors of syrups are made only with the finest newfangled laboratory ingredients. High fructose corn syrup, red dye number 2, blue dye number 7, diphenylamine, agent orange, and hydrogenated vegetated sauce fats. We cook our meats in the most wholesome domestic oils, straight from the Gulf Coast of America. No OPEC crude ever touches a Snoopy's french fry. Also, since the landmark 1971 Supreme Court ruling of Snoobies v. the NAACP of Alabama, we now realize it's okay to serve plates of food to folks who may not be Caucasian. Also, try our new pecan marshmallow ocelots. They're not ripping off Stucky's pecan logs in any way. Ours are ocelot shaped. In retrospect, why we didn't make them shaped like our mascot Snoopy is beyond me. But there you go. We hope you like ocelots. I am Snoopy's president, Richard Usher, and we'll keep the coffee lukewarm for ya. Hey kids! It's an all-new super fun toy from Scammo, the number one name in fun. It's Mr. Rutabaga Face! Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you! Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you! Yes, Mr. Rutabaga Face comes with an assortment of eyes, mouths, and noses so you can design your own funny Mr. Rutabaga Face! <laughs> I love you, Mr. Rutabaga Face! And now, parents, Mr. Rutabaga Face is more educational than ever! with anatomically correct Mr. Rutabaga face. Well, go on, Jimmy. How do you like the all-new anatomically correct Mr. Rutabaga face? No, no, no. Jimmy, c come on now. It's, it's just like that time you accidentally walked in on Daddy in the shower. Do you remember? Okay, okay, cut, cut. Mr. Rutabaga face, I built you. Mr. Rutabaga Face, I built you. It's Mr. Rutabaga Face, only from Scamma. Are you tired of books on tape where the narrators put no emphasis into their delivery? So am I. I'm Richard Milhouse Nixon, here today to tell you about my new series of erotic books on tape. You may not think of me as an erotic person, but I keep Pat coming back for more. Now put away your articles of impeachment as I read to you from my new erotic novel, The Taming of the Screw. The intern entered the Oval Office wearing nothing but a steno pad and a smile. The president looked dashing, even if he was 40 pounds overweight. It's the 70s, what are you gonna do? He leaned forward, grabbing her firm buttocks as they entwined around each other like two lovers. As they fell forward on the desk, they accidentally deleted 18 and a half minutes of audio tape. And that's just one of our great titles. So if you like what you heard, give Richard Milhouse Nixon erotic books on tape a try. Available at Spiro Agnew Booksellers nationwide. We now return to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. Ugh! Why are we tromping around a burned-out forest, Darlene? I'm not saying it's creepy, but we've already had to step over three hobo corpses. Plot filler, sir. We need something in between the last scene and the next one. Do what now? I, I mean, we're looking for the perfect single shaming tree for Edgar's Valentine's Day pageant. But why are we looking in a charred forest? Come on, Darlene, Ed doesn't want some crummy burned tree. A living tree wouldn't represent the bitter pill that is Valentine's Day. Well, these dead trees won't work. They're too fragile to even move without crumbling to dust. What about that one over there, sir? I don't think the fire has touched it at all. Let's push past these smoldering remains of the Charles M. Schultz home and get a closer look. Ouch. Too soon, sir. We're going to have to clear a path through these charred bodies of friendly woodland creatures. Hey! Watch it! You hit me in the face with a dead baby bunny! Sorry, sir. Just trying to get through. Well, here we are. 
But I think this tree is too cheerful for single shaming day. No, it isn't. All it needs is a little abuse. If we char it a little with a blowtorch and festoon it with a few of these dead squirrels, we'll have a tree that'll strike despair into the heart of any lonely soul. You're drooling, sir. Such lonely souls. But how are we going to get it to the auditorium? Good question. Darlene, chop it down. With what? My teeth? I don't have an axe. Who goes looking for a single shaming tree without an axe? Honestly, Darlene, you sure know how to make things difficult. You could just pull it up yourself, sir. Seriously? Come on, sir. You once destroyed a mighty oak to save a cat. I still had an axe. Hmm. You're probably right, sir. You have been looking very frail lately. What? I mean, you didn't even make this year's swim team. You watch your mouth, Darlene. It's okay, sir. I'm sure you'll make some strong man a delicate and submissive wife. Perhaps you could take up knitting and drinking weak chamomile by the fire. See? I knew you could do it, sir. Ow! You hit me with the tree, sir. You're goddamn right I did. Well, Eddie Poe, here we are at the school. You need to get the key for the auditorium from Mr. Rinker, the custodian. Excuse me, Mr. Rinker, we're here to direct the Valentine's Day pageant? Well, sir, we need the key to the auditorium. You can understand that? Yes, sir, we'll be very careful with the equipment. He's literally speaking in the voice of a muted trumpet. Why aren't you screaming right now? Yes, sir. He's pretty much always this depressing. Hey. Yes, sir. I know it's Saturday and you should be home with your sick wife. I'm sorry we made you come in for this. I'm sure you would rather be drinking, Mr. Rinker. We'll be as quick as we can. Good gravy. I can't take it anymore. I'll be in the auditorium. Is he gone? Finally. Thanks, Mr. Rinker. <laughs> that joke never gets old. Do you ever wonder if it's cruel that all adults do this to him all the time? I mean, he legitimately thinks that that's how grown-ups talk. Nah, fuck him. I take your point. Well, Eddie Poe, here we are at the auditorium. Let's get in there and start putting up the set for the play. Hey, it's Annabelle Lucian Schrodinger, the quantum piano player. How did they get in here without the key? Well, it is Schrodinger. He's only here for certain because you opened the door and observed him. Good point. Hey, Schrodinger. What kind of Valentine's Day music is that? Beethoven Valentine's Day music. Everybody talks about how great Beethoven was. What's so great about Beethoven? Are you serious? He never got his picture on a bubblegum card, did he? How can you say someone is great who's never had his picture on bubblegum cards? O.J. Simpson has his picture on all kinds of bubblegum cards and he murdered two people. See, that's what I mean. Say what you will about him, he's got commitment. Good gravy. Say, can you play Jingle Bells? What? Jingle Bells? It's Valentine's Day. Why the hell would I play Jingle Bells? I couldn't think of a love song that's not copyright protected. I can't stand it. Fine. Don't play it. But when you and I are married, you'll take my requests all day long. Okay, I'm gonna nip this bullshit in the bud. You seem to have built this fantasy world where you lean against my piano and I play you silly love songs until we both grow old and gray. Well, forget it. I have no intention of marrying you. Oh, Schrodinger. I love it when you play hard to get. I'm not playing hard to get. I'm being absolutely sincere. The thought of being romantically connected to you physically sickens me. But why? Why? You're loud, uncouth, thoughtless, and casually cruel to everyone around you. You scream if you don't get your way. 
You solve every interpersonal problem by threatening physical violence. To be honest, Annabelle Lucy, you frighten just about everyone. That's part of my charm. Okay, everyone. Let's gather round and figure out the staging for our Valentine's Day play. Not now, Eddie Poe. Schrodinger was just telling me how much he loves me. I actively hope to read news of your death. See? He's crazy about me. Preferably by drowning. You can talk about that later. Right now, we need to get this show up and running. The other kids have arrived, Eddie Poe. That's great. Okay, everyone. Come on in and let's get started. First, assigning parts. Slabo, Arthur, you two will be divorce lawyers. Petunia, you'll be Slabo's secretary. Hey, fuck you, Eddie Poe. I'm sorry. That was pretty insensitive and patriarchal of me. You should be a lawyer, too. What? No. I, I mean, yeah, it was. But that was just a general fuck you. So fuck you. Oh. What's my part, big brother? Sadie, you'll be playing Lionel's wife. My sweet baboo. Lionel, you'll be playing Klaus von Bülow. It's the part I was born to play. Tell me, Sadie, are you feeling sleepy? Huh? Don't worry about it. Rest. Rest, my dear. Rest. What about my part? What about the Valentine's Day Queen? We're not going to let all this beauty go to waste, are we? The heartbeat. It's returned. Don't you think I'm beautiful, Eddie Poe? I feel that I must scream or die. Hark. Louder. 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 I can't. Ow! What the hell? You don't think I'm beautiful? What? You didn't answer me right away. You had to think about it first. I know when I've been insulted. I know when I've been insulted. Oh, a thousand injuries of Annabelle Lucy have I borne the best I could. But now she has ventured upon striking me, and I hear vow revenge. What? Nothing. You're the Valentine's Day Queen, all right? Let's move on. Do we have a single shaming tree? Right here, Ed. Wow. The dead squirrels nailed to the branches really make it pop. Wait. Is that... Is that one actually crucified? What's Valentine's Day without a little blasphemy, Ed? If you say so. Hey, that one's still alive. Poor thing. We should nurse him back to health and let him go. Or we could beat him with clubs and behead him to represent the actual martyrdom of St. Valentine. Okay, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard, Ed and I spent the afternoon nailing squirrel corpses to a dead tree. Indeed, Edgar. Even the invisible bossa nova band that follows us around has stopped playing. Then all is madness. The madness of a memory which busies itself amongst forbidden things. I... I want you to like me. I'll give the squirrel some mouth-to-snout resuscitation. Oops! Sorry, everyone. And now you've knocked over the single shaming tree. Needles everywhere. The tinsel twisted. The Xanax bottle broken. Even the squirrel is mad. You've ruined Valentine's Day, Eddie Poe. I'm ashamed of you, big brother. Now I know why Mom always says she wishes you died at birth like your underdeveloped twin. Everyone is against me. A hideous throng rush out forever and laugh, but smile no more. And your stupid gothic poetry. Boo, Eddie Poe! Boo! I'm a failure. The tree is destroyed. I've ruined Valentine's Day. Boo, Eddie Poe! Boo! Ah! What a bonehead. I'll go after him. You're listening to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. And now, here's a word from Eddie Poe creator, Edgar Allan Poe. So much of the Eddie Poe cartoon is about facing one's own mortality. 
Eddie, Lionel, Annabelle, Lucy, and the gang routinely face existential questions about their impending demise when their all-too-brief lives will snuff out like dying embers in the dark, forsaken and forgotten. Good times. This is why these cartoon characters are as much a part of my legacy as the fall of the House of Usher or the purloined letter. When I pass, I'm turning over their care and memory to my dear close friend, Rufus Wilmot Griswold. Or old Grizzy. Why, just the other day, old Grizzy said to me, Don't call me that. <laughs> and I will posthumously destroy your reputation with gross libel and unfairly paint you as a depraved, drunken, drug-addled madman. Ha <laughs> ha, what a friend. Old Grizzy will preserve the Eddie Poe gang for generations to come. Spring break is right around the corner, and that means road trips. Here at Whitebird Motels, we know that finding safe, clean, and hippie-free lodging is your first priority. When you're ready to relax for the evening, come and stay in one of our modern, luxurious rooms. With our rich faux wood paneling, brand new deep pile shag carpeting in the latest shades of harvest gold and avocado green, and handcrafted macrame art in every room, you'll feel like you've never left home. Plus, now now we offer free color TV in all locations, some with as many as five channels. But that's not all. Every bed in every room now has built-in magic fingers. Enjoy a refreshing, all-over, stimulating massage for just 25 cents. Most importantly, thanks to our rigorous and patented screening process, when you stay with us, you can be confident that only the right people have slept in our rooms. And even if a godless liberal could possibly fool our system, you can be assured that you're still safe. All of our sheets are bleached whiter than Pat Boone every morning, and you'll see from the banner on the bowl that each bathroom has been rigorously sanitized for your protection. We absolutely guarantee that you'll never have to worry about the lingering smell of patchouli oil, suspicious henna stains, and the sound of tambourines, bongo drums, and sit-in protests ruining a good night's sleep ever again. So, look for the flashing white bread motel signs as you hit the road this spring. If you're our kind of people, we'll turn off the no vacancy light for you. We at Snoopy's Family Restaurant sure know how to keep up with the times. A focus group of middle-aged white marketing executives and bankruptcy judges told us what you, the young people, want. So here's our brand new all-star Snoopy's menu for 1973. We're not your great-great-grandfather's Snoopy's anymore. Now we are groovy hepcats and with it for the younger me generation. For the lovely feminist out there, we have our bra burner pancake double stack, topped with two maraschino cherries to make the little lady smile. For all the black power brothers out there, wait, am I, am I okay to say that? Oh, okay. For all the black power brothers out there, we have our raised fist ham steak platter. It's a ham steak cut into the shape of empowerment. You know, like those guys at the Mexico City Olympics. And for all the young hippies protesting out in front of our coffee shops, no hard feelings. Come inside and trade counterculture for counter service and eat our summer of lunch salad special. It's a salad made only with vegetables and nuts and no meats or jello because that's apparently a thing now. Peace, love, sock it to me. I am Snoopy's president Richard Usher and we'll keep the coffee lukewarm for you. Hey kids, it's another all-new action-packed toy from Scammo, the number one name in fun. Uh-oh, those anti-war activists are disturbing the peace down at the college again. This looks like a job for National Guard Greg. National Guard Greg. National Guard Greg has kung fu hippie grip and real baton swinging action. Take that, you peace-loving protesters! National Guard Greg! National Guard Greg even comes with real tear gas pellets! <coughs> you had better order to disperse! <coughs> return, return to your dorms in an orderly fashion! <coughs> National Guard Greg! Now press Greg's action button, and he really shoots in self-defense! Bang! Wow! He defends himself in the American way! National Guard Greg! National Guard Greg, only from Scammo! Gee, Mr. Butterman, 
If there wasn't so many shenanigans and goings on at your wonderful theme park, more people would attend. That's right, young Krabby. If more people came to Butterman World, we wouldn't have to charge so much for our wonderful Polly Matheson snack cakes. I don't care what the price is, Mr. Butterman. I can't live in a world that doesn't have zangers and ding-dangs and wang-doodles. Well, don't feel too bad, young Frebby, because the factory hasn't been shut down yet. Look, Mr. Butterman, there's one of those shenanigan doers now. I'll get every last Butterman cake if it's the last thing I ever do. <laughs> it's the cake napper, Mr. Butterman. Stand back, young Frebby. Gee, Mr. Butterman, did you have to shoot him in the face? That's the price of quality family entertainment, as well as delicious fruit pies. I don't think I'll ever sleep again. If I could get you to ingest enough pies, your blood sugar may never allow it. That's right, gentle listener. Join young Frebby and me at New Butterman World, where you can tour our factory and also ride some of our second-hand carnival rides. Just 10 miles south of Bog Harbor on I-72, Open every day except thanks, miss. We now return to our 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. Gosh, the school basement is dark, but I know this is where Eddie Poe hides when he's sad, which is all the time. Eddie Poe, come out of hiding. I know you're down here. <laughs> Stretch out your hands, Lionel. You'll feel a wall, seemingly of stone masonry, very smooth, slimy, and cold. The ground is also moist and slippery. This is a process, however, that affords you no means of ascertaining the dimensions of your dungeon. Or I could just flick on the light. The light! It burns us! You look a little more insane than usual, buddy. Come closer, Lionel. What are you hiding behind your back? Is that a pit? Shove! I was right, it was a pit! Oh, my aching head. Where am I? Is that a pendulum above this pit with a razor-sharp blade attached to it? Why am I all tied up to this slab? <laughs> yes! I have lured you to this spot. Behold the weighty rod of brass as it hisses as it swings through the air. Snooby, Wood Raven, is that you? <laughs> Why are you dressed in executioner's hoods? It puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Really? Not very original. Sorry, wrong pit. But you can no longer doubt the doom prepared for you by Snooby and Wood Raven's ingenuity and torture. But why, Eddie Poe? So you don't blab the secret about the Valentine buried in the rotting center of the football. Even now, I can hear it beating, determined to torment me. You dolt. Maybe I wouldn't have said anything because you're my friend. Oh, I didn't think of that. Why didn't you just ask? Really? You're my friend? Jesus, not anymore. This whole thing of trying to murder me puts a real damper on that. Fine. Snooby and Woodraven, drop the blade. I'll make sure you never tell the tale of the Telltale Valentine. I really hate you, Eddie Poe. Inch by inch? Line by line, with a descent only appreciable at intervals, drops the sharpened blade.
Yep, any day now. It may seem like ages as the pendulum imperceptibly drops. I noticed. Down and still down it comes. Can we hurry this up here? I'm beginning to think death is preferable. Um, does newbie Woodraven, can you help a fellow out here? <laughs> I see. You can't really speed things along. Uh-huh. So the period of the pendulum swing depends upon its length. You say it's the amplitude independent of the mass of the bob. I thought it was, you know, something to do with the Earth's rotation. Oh, that's a Foucault's pendulum. Not the simple gravity clockwork pendulum you built. One's kind of a figure-eight pattern, and yours just sweeps back and forth. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> what do you mean you built it to spec? <laughs> no, I appreciate the explanation, but he's waiting. I really am. This is super embarrassing. <laughs> Let's not do this here, okay? Not in front of him. Oh, by all means. I'm not exactly going anywhere. No! I appreciate all that you do. Snooby, don't pout. Please. Ed, what the hell are you doing? Oh, thank God! Hello, Spearmint Sally. The dog and the raven told me to. Is that a beating heart? My head aches. I fancy a ringing in my ears. Ed, quit playing around and untie him for Pete's sake. <laughs> nice things to say. Polite conversation. But still they stand and chat. The beating is becoming more distinct. Yes, Edward. Spearmint Sally uprooted an even better single shaming tree. This one came from your front yard. We decorated it even better than before. Fresh tinsel, fresh squirrels, and tiny bottles of fireball and bitter single gal chardonnay. Heck, we even made a garland of Prozac to make things extra festive. Hey, why are you pacing so much? Yeah, you look sweatier and greasier than normal. Why would they not be gone? I'm excited to fury by the observations of these fools. But the noise steadily increases. Oh, God, what can I do? I'm trapped. The heart must be revealed. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day, Eddie Poe. Valentine's, Valentine's, won't you be my Valentine? Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear open the football. Here, here, it is the beating of my hideous valentine from the strawberry-headed girl, Lenore. Wow, Eddie Poe, overdramatic much? Big brother, that's not from Lenore. But... Snooby, he and Woodraven gave it to me. That's from our teacher. She gave one to everyone. Here's my valentine. Late is getting awfully close here, guys. And here's mine. And here's mine. They're all identical. We all got one. Then nobody loves me after all. You're a real bonehead, Eddie Poe. Inches from my belly, for the love of God, someone untie me. Good gravy. You've been listening to It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. This radio play was written by Erica Rodriguez-Hilton, Ryan Smith, and Greg Talley, and is a work of satire based upon the collected works of Charles M. Schultz and Edgar Allan Poe. Dramatization produced and directed by Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, and Ryan Smith. 
voice talent. IBS radio announcers by Jackie Naaman-Jones, James Rowling and Natalie Ryan. Eddie Poe by Greg Talley. Edgar Allan Poe by Tim Blaney. Snoopy the Anthropomorphic Basset Hound and Wood Raven the Wood Raven by Tim Blaney. Lionel by Ron McAdams. Annabelle Lucy by Jamie Flowers. Spearmint Sally by Rebecca Heron. Darlene and Petunia by Kate Page. Sadie by Caroline Talley. Schrodinger by Ryan Smith. Mr. Rinker by James Rowling. Music and sound supervision by Greg Talley. Audio editing by Ryan Smith. Vintage commercials produced by Ron McAdams. Vintage commercials written and produced by Jackie Naaman-Jones, Ron McAdams, James Rowling, Natalie Ryan, Quinn Keating, Rob Maynard, Erica Rodriguez-Hilton, Corey Hilton, Dina Dolphin, and Greg Talley. Song Valentine's, written by Greg Talley and performed by the Roasted Legumes players. Radio play text copyright 2018 by Erica Rodriguez-Hilton, Ryan Smith, and Greg Talley. Commercial text copyright 2018 by Jackie Naaman-Jones, Ron McAdams, James Rowling, Natalie Ryan, Quinn Keating, Rob Maynard, Erica Rodriguez-Hilton, Corey Hilton, Dina Dolphin, and Greg Talley. Production copyright 2018 by Jefferson Hospitality, LLLP. Promotional artwork by Daniel Vincent Bigelow. Thank you for listening to the 10th anniversary airing of It's a Telltale Valentine, Eddie Poe. And now, to pay for Edgar Allan Poe's shockingly large appearance fee, here's a massive unbroken block of commercials before the 10 o'clock evening news. Oh, hello! I'm TV celebrity chef Boolean Charles, here today to tell you about a brand new product for the busy lady around your home. That's right, it's new Boolean Charles Instant Cake Mix. All you have to do is add one egg and a spoon and stir, and 35 minutes later, you have a perfect batter that you can use to make um, literally any number of, of different confectionery treats. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my young lad here. What is this? Is this supposed to be a cupcake? Get out of here, child, you bother me. So the next time you're in the bakery aisle at your local greengrocer, give Boolean Charles an instant cake mix a try. And bon appetit! Hey girls, are you ready for an all-new amazing toy just for you from Scammo, the number one name in fun? It's real-life Lori, and she's the most realistic baby doll in the whole world. Wow, look, she really wets herself. Yeah, and remember to change Lori's diaper, or she really gets diaper rash. Wow, and then she really starts crying. And you can even feed real-life Lori. She drinks real milk, no way. Remember to feed her every six hours or she starts to cry again. That's, That's amazing! amazing. Well, how do I turn it off? You can't. Just like a real baby, real life Lori never stops playing. Yes, even in the middle of the night, she begins to really cry and really scream. And if you aren't careful, real life Lori really dies. And then the real life police will come to your house and ask you real questions. Then they'll really arrest you on counts of real abuse and real neglect. But I'm only eight. They'll take you down to the real-life police station in a real-life police car. Then put you in a real-life cell where a disgusting, careless mother like you really belongs. Yes, it's real-life Lori, only from Scammo. Are those darn kids getting on your nerves? Do you and your husband need a date night and can't find someone to babysit those womb gophers? How about a large horned owl? That's right, Owl Nandy will send a bird of prey to your door. You can choose from our great selection of hook, beak, talon clad raptors. Is your little angel screaming like a demon? Put the fear of God in his heart with an American screech owl. We have a large selection of owls for your child care needs. Nothing cures the terrible twos like a Eurasian eagle owl. Our predatory birds will scratch discipline into any child. Owl Nanny, for all your child care needs. Hello, fellow IBS listener. My name is Gladys, and I'm the founder of the Coalition of Modest Women in Favor of Repression, 
and I wanted to take a moment of your time to tell you about a horrible disease befalling our country. Feminism. Girls, the summer of love is over. It's time to get back in the kitchen. We at the Coalition of Modest Women in Favor of Repression believe that a woman's place is in the home, not in the office. Our braziers are not in flames. Our armpits are hairless. It's time to take back the word housewife. Our coalition even welcomes the poor, plump souls who have yet to wed. Cats do need a home, after all. Join us this and every Thursday afternoon at the Fourth Baptist Church on Main, the one with the bigger cross than the Third Baptist Church. Come learn about fighting against women's rights or call 1-800-4-FRIGID today. Hey everyone, it's me, Comedy Golden Child, Ratso Riffo, here with my new show, premiering on IBS this fall. It's called Ratso Riffo's Rifforama, where we listen to all IBS programs and poke a little fun at them. Here's a sample from the 1938 IBS classic, War of the Worlds. Dr. Forrester, may I interrupt you with some questions? By all means. <laughs> Those guys Dr. sound Forrester, like dummies. Would you please tell the audience at home exactly what you see when observing oh, the planet? I wouldn't want to do that if I were you. It's red. And many, many more. So if you've got a funny bone that needs tickling, listen to Ratso Riffo's Rifforama. This fall on IBS. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Hi, this is Tim Carnival of Tim Carnival's Ice Cream Shops. If you want to make a statement in the food world, you need to have a hook. Other ice cream establishments try to hook you in with more than 30 flavors. Here at Tim Carnival, we have one flavor. Plain. People are always coming into the shop and asking me questions like, What flavor is plain? And, Why is it gray? People also like to ask me if we carry fancy flavors, like vanilla, or French vanilla. We do not. We have plain ice cream served in a cup, or my own creation, corrugated sweet cones. It's like a waffle cone, but better. As it melts, all that delicious ice cream goodness drips straight into the napkin for you to wring out later. Also, do not eat the cone. If you do, you will understand why the ice cream is so gritty. One flavor means one easy decision. Tim Carnival's Ice Cream Shops. Now available with shame in Utah. The future is now. Yes, the technology of tomorrow can be at your fingertips today with the UPM HL900 Home Computer System. With over four, yes, you heard that right, four megabytes of hard disk and count them, one, two, two megahertz CPU. The UPM HL9000 is the most advanced state-of-the-art computer available today. Its mind-blowing 4 kilobytes of RAM delivers you the speed and efficiency to rival even NASA's greatest supercomputers. And at an amazingly light 48 pounds, it's the most compact computer on the market. Optional rucksack for improved portability. 3-inch monochrome monitor, 6-column dot matrix printer, standard 42-key ASCII keyboard, all not included. Get your UPM HL 9 million today at the low, 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 low price of $6,999.99 and harness the power of tomorrow today. Good gravy.